0: This is OPI Talk, the voice of the business products industry. Hello everybody and welcome to this episode of OPI Talk with me, Andy Braithwaite. And in today's episode, we are heading off to South Africa to speak with Craig Noyle, who's the co-founder and director of the leading South African dealer group in Overcom. Uh, morning, Craig. Good to see you.
1: Yes, hi, Andy. Nice to see you as well. Thank you.
0: How are you doing? How's uh, heading heading into uh, to spring in, in South Africa? Weather weather's getting nicer. Oh, I, 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 I think
1: summer summers arrived. Thirty-one degrees. Okay. Um, what wonderful weather. Lots of thunder last night, but no rain yet.
0: Okay, good. I'm actually. Uh, your OPR listeners might might uh, might not know that I, I live in France normally, but I'm actually in the UK at the moment visiting m- my parents. So uh, you know wet wet and windy UK has, has welcomed me. <laughs> so uh, there you go. But uh, well, uh, that's that's it. that's what it is. So no, no worries. Uh, okay, Craig. First, uh, just if you could just tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, uh, and uh, something about your your dealer group.
1: Yeah, so Andy uh, obviously I'm CEO of the innovacom dealer group in the southern African region um, I served articles and qualified as an accountant many years ago and then I joined a family office products business uh, run by my dad back in 1992 so it's now nearly 30 years of being in the industry uh, gives you an opportunity to reflect on the market and the industry, um, but also so many of the core principles still remain within the industry. Um, obviously, we founded Innovacom, Gary McCluskey and myself in May 2008, uh, with an initial nine dealers. Uh, within 24 months, we split the group into separate groups. So we had the office active group being the premier dealer group. Uh, which currently has about 54 dealers. Office Club was then a smaller dealer group uh, for the emerging smaller stationer. That currently only has 17 dealers. Uh, And then we had a dedicated furniture dealer group, which has 23 dealers in it today. Uh, There's no doubt that the COVID pandemic has eliminated many of the more smaller stationers um, and we've seen a significant decline in the membership um, at an office club level. So now that's the smaller dealers. Uh, As far as the more significant dealers go within the office active group, uh, we've actually only lost one dealer due to the pandemic trading conditions, which again, I think shows the resilience of the established dealer community, even here in South Africa. Um, as you mentioned, the Office Active Dealer Group is the largest independent dealer group in South Africa, which we're recognised for. Um, and all the dealers still operate under their own trading identities. So yeah, that's a bit of background to the group in South Africa.
0: Okay. All right, good. Yeah, you touched upon COVID. And to be honest, in, in these podcasts that we're doing currently, it's very difficult to to not talk talk about COVID. Just tell us a little bit about yeah, how the situation evolved in South Africa, maybe from middle of middle of last year, and uh, how that affected you and your members.
1: Yeah, Andy, it's 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 a great question that you're actually asking, um, and unfortunately, such a broad topic as well. Um, th- there's no doubt that the pandemic has caused dramatic changes across the world, and South Africa was certainly not spared from the situation either. Having said that, whether the pandemic had occurred or not, South Africa was actually facing a major crisis before the pandemic broke. Obviously, when the pandemic broke, it it forced a very sudden and dramatic change uh, of focus for the country, business, and people's personal lives. But 24 months ago, South Africa was coming to terms and uncovering the extent of corruption that had here over the previous decade. Also, we we, we had failing state enterprises, our postal services virtually collapsed, our national airways has collapsed, Uh, our power utility, ESCOM, uh, is in dire straits, and there was huge money being pushed into this. Also worrying is that we are facing an unemployment rate of 34.4% at the end of June 2021. But even worse than that is that the youth, and that's people between the ages of 15 and 24, that unemployment rate has hit a record high of 64.4% in South Africa. Um, And and this, unfortunately, is just an absolutely ticking time bomb for the, the macroeconomic point of view of the country and leaves a lot of uncertainty for businesses going forward, especially the smaller businesses. Mm. Um, Obviously, as many people have heard earlier in this year, July, in fact, we experienced looting and burning of businesses, mainly in the KwaZulu-Natal region and Khauten area. Um, And a couple of our dealers unfortunately lost their businesses um, due to this looting. As well. So they're mm. now in the process of re establishing their businesses. But this has been a major setback on top of the COVID issues that we've had to face as well. Mm. And, and it has really left quite an uncertain situation in the country. Mm. We were closed down on the 27th of March 2020, uh, initially for three weeks. And then that was extended for another two weeks. We've then faced various forms of lockdown um, subsequent to that. And whilst the lockdowns were very traumatic for us, I must admit our lockdowns were nothing like what was experienced in Europe and and UK. Uh, we, We certainly have been able to get on with a little bit more. Uh, I think one of the biggest concerns in South Africa was the ban on alcohol sales and and the (laughs) devastating impact that had, you know, on the industry and jobs. Um, It it was meant to keep people out of hospitals, uh, which apparently it did do, and and it did make a difference to free up beds for people uh, suffering from COVID. Obviously added to this was the tourism industry, which ground to halt. uh, That's a huge contributor to our GDP in this country and a large employer. Um, South Africa is known for its beautiful wine farms down in the Cape and mm, the mm. our wildlife, all our parks. And, I mean, to this day, and, and it's quite controversial here at the moment, uh, South Africa remains on the red list for the UK. and This is a market we depend on for nearly half a million visitors a year, let alone the trading relationships right. uh, that we have, and, and with other countries around the world. So this has had a devastating impact on, on business in the country. Uh, from a dealer perspective, the initial five-week lockdown caused great fear and panic initially. Uh, I don't think anybody knew what to do. Uh, having said that, many of our dealers pivoted very quickly to selling e, e- supplies. We were also fortunate as an industry to be deemed an essential service Mm -hmm. early on. So many other dealers could actually open up and and start trading again. But the problem there was they they just didn't have any customers to service. (laughs) so Mm -hmm. The cost in operating exceeded the viability of staying open. Generally, at the moment, we've seen our group turnover numbers hovering around 70 to 72% of the 2019 okay. figure. We've seen our more outlying dealers in the remote areas recover quicker. And we believe this is possibly due to the commodities boom that's been taking place. Mm-hmm. Um, because these are generally mining-focused areas. And then also, there was a great um, agricultural harvest last year in certain areas, despite other areas suffering from tremendous drought, which has been a problem as well. And in fact, we've actually, for the first time in a long time, um, seen our exports exceed our imports in South Africa, which has been great. But that's obviously brought about a bit of volatility in the rain, and that's been problematic for our office products dealers. You know, when you've got the RAND moving up and down unpredictably, um, it does make it a bit of a challenge. City dealers are still struggling to recover, um, largely due to the non-return to the office environment um, and and the fear that they may never return. Having said that, there's definitely a, a desire, I think, from businesses to see more a hybrid working environment. And I think that's like most of the world. Um, The the problem is I think everybody is still looking and trying to see what the optimal solution is. And the dealers are no doubt going to have to adapt to that. Also in discussions with dealers over the last 18 months, it's been a great time for them to actually Clean up in their businesses, uh, sort out their business processes, um, refocus their businesses, and actually roll up their sleeves and and get involved in their own businesses once again. And and in fact, several dealers have actually said to me they are more profitable today than they were 18, 24 months ago.
0: That's interesting.
1: Yeah. Uh, So I I think that the positive aspect that the COVID pandemic has brought um, to to the dealer community for for many of them. Stock within our industry, especially print consumables, laptops, uh, printers has been a huge issue for us like the rest of the world. Uh, Obviously, the South African markets are relatively small markets, so it often gets overlooked for the larger markets. Um, We've had problems in our ports with infrastructure, breaking down and um ships not being able to dock um and actually offload products so so that's been a problem for us as well i think another
0: sorry andy like i say so a whole host of challenges that you've got down there
1: are challenges but i think they're they, they're also opportunities in those challenges if you understand the market it is a very very different market in some ways because of some of these challenges but i, I must admit you know often listening to some of your other esteemed guests on your podcasts um, our market is actually no different to anywhere else in the the world to be quite honest with you
0: yeah how, how do you, as, as uh, you know, director of the group, how, how did you prioritise what you had to do when COVID hit and some of the problems that your your members w- were facing? What, uh, what what was your plan of action? Yeah, it, it,
1: it certainly caught us all off guard. And I think everybody was dancing on their toes. Um, so immediately what we did is we introduced a 50% reduction in membership fees to obviously try and assist the dealers through that period with their cash flow, um, because there was just very, very little business going on. We also assisted dealers with personalized email marketing campaigns, not, not just for the traditional office suppliers, but the PPE suppliers, the printers, the laptops, uh, the home office furniture. You know, all of a sudden you had a, a, a whole lot of people wanting desks and and proper seating requirements at home, needing extra monitors. So we certainly assisted the dealers with that. Uh, Another small thing we introduced was the sleeving of our catalogues in a cellophane bag. We found that just assisted with the acceptance uh, of the end user actually taking the catalog and and still using the catalog at the end of the day. We've certainly seen a reduction In catalogue demand, um, there's no question about that. But I don't think we'll ever see the absolute end of catalogues in this market. Obviously, our biggest effort has gone into launching a new e-commerce platform
0: for our dealers. I was going to ask you if uh, we we talk about the the shift to e-commerce or the acceleration of of, of e-commerce. Is that something you've seen in South Africa as well? It's
1: been very slow in the South African market and I still say compared to the international numbers, the, the numbers are actually embarrassingly low, but it's certainly taking hold in the country. I think one of the challenges we possibly have is the dealers themselves are not investing in resources to run their e-commerce platforms, and this is certainly a challenge we are finding. But we, we've developed our own platform, which deals both with the B2C and B2B, which I know is a is a very blurred line today, but um, there's definitely a need on the B2B side for authorised purchasing via cost centres and departments with detailed reporting. And, and this, unfortunately, one just doesn't pick up taking on off-the-shelf solutions so yeah this is why we found it better to develop but development is expensive but we've got the skills and expertise in this country yeah.
0: um
1: so it, it's certainly been worthwhile for us
0: yeah what, what's the competition like in south africa in terms of online online players I mean, you don't have amazon there in your market but who who, who are the big players there that perhaps are, are trying to take share away from from dealers in some of those for example, technology products or even general stationery when they can deliver online?
1: Yes, yeah, so so we've got a player called Take-A-Lot in this country. have been around for many years. Um, there's a large investor backing them, and they've invested significantly in their platform. Um, I, I think one of the problems we've seen with our dealer community is the inability for them to actually use their delivery infrastructure to deliver into Mm. residential areas. Uh, We also have a lot of security um, estates in the country here where it's a process to get into the residential area. And now to take one order and split it up over five different delivery destinations, our dealers are not geared for that, whereas Mm. the, Competition uh, certainly does have that infrastructure that can deal with these small deliveries. Having said that, it's an opportunity again for, for the dealers to re their delivery infrastructure into more uh, affordable and more appropriate delivery systems and mechanisms using courier services, mm. et cetera. So, so there's certainly opportunity there, but it is a concern there's no doubt about that
0: okay what's this current situation in terms of people returning to the office you 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 mentioned it early on it sounds like that hasn't happened and a lot of people still working from home
1: there are a lot of people working from home uh, beginning of september saw the country move down to a level two which basically allowed a lot more people to return to work Uh, Our schools, they all went back to a full five-day week, whereas previously it was 50% of the children in class one day, 50% in class the next day. Mm -hmm. So we've certainly seen uh, an uptick in the return to work. Um, We are hoping that we'll move down to level one, which is the lowest level, And that will see an increased activity again. But we're sort of waiting for that announcement. There's definitely a a trend of downsizing offices Mm. and a trend of not returning to offices. Also, people have experienced the flexibility of working from home. So the, the new norm is definitely settling into this country like the rest of the world. I think business owners are still grappling with how to deal with it. And, and what the solutions are um, and I think the dealers are going to have to adapt to it yeah. as well.
0: When people are working from home how do they purchase their supplies? Are they are they allowed to expense it from, from their companies and then basically select where they buy the products from or are companies trying to control that purchasing experience and obviously there are compliance issues as well that have to be adhered to? Uh, I mean what, what's the situation there? Yes, I think I think initially
1: in the early days of lockdown, it was almost a free for all. Um, there was a bit of panic buying, get what you need where you need it. But I, I think what we've seen with the flexible return to work is companies are reining in that spend again. Budgets are under pressure, no doubt. And staff are going back to the office, drawing what supplies they need. Uh, and then obviously taking those back home with them. So I think we are returning to some sort of normal or, or like the old days, normal yeah. uh, stationary purchases, but I don't believe I'll ever go back to what we we, we were used. Well, to. I was going to ask
0: you whether some of the traditional, as what we call traditional categories, have been declining probably anyway. Has that accelerated during COVID? Andy, a, a
1: great question because it, it's quite, it, we, we've got a unique situation in South Africa. We've got the pockets of first world business and infrastructure that demand the sophistication of online systems, computers. And we, we certainly will see the, the decline of the traditional stationary product there. Having said that, we we also surrounded, and a great extent is the people who live in absolute poverty, living below the breadline. And these people, as little as they have, are totally committed to seeing their children educated Mm. and ensuring a better life for them. Now, they they still need pens and pencils and exercise books. So there's a huge market for the traditional office supplies as we know it in in Southern Africa still. The the challenges come in knowing how to address those markets, um, how to access those markets, which are often governed and restricted. Um, Mm. So as long as you know how to deal with it, there's definitely great opportunity. We've seen huge growth in our back-to-school online platform that we've developed. Each year that's just growing. And certainly our focus is is on expanding in the back-to-school arena, which is an area we know and we understand with the traditional office products.
0: Yeah, yeah. I saw a report from Paperwood Middle East recently. They referred to the education market in South Africa as being a strong area of potential in the the African continent. Is that uh, obviously you're saying the same thing?
1: absolutely i i think it's always been there um say, so it's, it's not an easy market to deal with but it's not going to disappear the the ability to convert that level of education onto ipads is absolutely impossible at this stage, although they're great initiatives to try and see that. I just don't see it happening for many years to come. Hence, hence the traditional office products, pens and pencils, are still in demand yeah. here in Northern Africa. Sure.
0: Okay. Change change tack slightly. I, I know you're part of the IOPA or IOPA alliance of various dealer groups from, from around the world. How, have you been... Have you been staying in contact with them since, since COVID and uh, have you have you been working together or trying to, sh- to share some ideas? How's, how's that been going?
1: Yes, I must admit, unfortunately, it does seem to have taken a backseat in some of our businesses. I, I know there are closer associations with certain of the members. Um, but I think COVID has certainly restricted our ability to meet face to face. We we were hoping to host everybody in South Africa a year or so ago, mm. uh, and we still hope that happens. Obviously, there have been many changes in the group as well with Mike from the States and Julie from the UK. Mm. Um, so I, I, I'm sure once once restrictions all lift again, and, and possibly when we've got time to refocus, I, I think everybody's been so busy focused on just dealing with the pandemic in their own dealer groups mm. um, and their own situation. It just hasn't been a priority, but we certainly remain fully committed to the group. It's a great concept.
0: Okay. Finally, what what are your priorities for the next six months or so?
1: Oh, Andy, no doubt we've got to continue with the rollout of the e-commerce platform. That's very exciting because it also opens up opportunities for our suppliers to market their brands to end users through our dealers portals. Mm. So there's certainly a lot of growth potential there. We're rolling out new analytics and SEO for our dealers, along with email marketing programs Mm. as well developed a new platform for all our dealers, which they're transitioning to at the moment. A a lot to do. And then obviously back to school as well. Um, That's a key focus. Further integrations with other uh, service providers um, in the school environment, payment platforms where they're looking for stationery as well. So so those are all exciting opportunities. Um, I must also just mention, you know, the brands remain hugely important in the South African environment. Mm. Uh, as much as we have the no name imports coming into the country, the consumer in South Africa is still very, very brand loyal. And, and our group is about promoting the brands, and, and we still receive fantastic support from the brand custodians here in South Africa and internationally for that mm. matter.
0: All right, good stuff. Thank you, Craig. I've enjoyed our our chat and thank, thank you for giving us some insight into the challenges and as you see them the opportunities in the South African stationery and, and business products market. Thanks a lot.
1: Yeah, thank thanks for taking the time to interview me, Andy, and and the interest in the South African market. We may be a small market, but it's it's highly appreciated, and I'm honoured that you've had me on your podcast.
0: Thank not, you so much. At all, thank thank you for being on, and uh, hope hope to see you again soon.
1: Absolutely, and we hope to see you in sunny, warm South Africa.
0: You never you never know. <laughs> absolutely always welcome
1: love to have
0: you. brilliant cheers greg thanks a lot
1: cheers andy go well bye
0: if you have got this far then thank you for listening to this episode of opi talk please check out our website opi.net for news interviews analysis and much more from the business products world We've also got a great app that you can download from the App Store or Google Play. Just search for OPI Magazine. And we hope you will join us again soon for another episode of OPI Talk.